So hello everyone. Um, today I'm welcoming Dr. Ola Peju Samoyan. And she is really a creative, a musician among other things. I'm gonna have her introduce herself. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's really great to be here and, um, uh, and talk about uh, medicine and creativity and, um, and how we try to uh, bring the two together. <laughs> so yeah. just, uh, yeah. So let me start by saying that I had always liked music as a child. I, I liked music, but I didn't really have like uh, formal music training. Um, I had piano lessons very, very briefly, um, uh, but I didn't have, um, unfortunately after getting piano lessons, I changed schools and, and didn't have piano lessons anymore, but I never really lost the interest. But I remember telling um, an older relative, you know, when she asked what I wanted to be when I grew up and I said, I wanted to be a pianist. I was probably about nine then. And she just gave me this look uh, like, you know, that's a hobby. You better think about a real job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And so was, was medicine the real job that you thought about doing? <laughs> yeah, medicine was the real job my parents wanted me to do. And, um, and, yeah. and I, yeah, and, and uh, I, I wanted to be a doctor, but I also wanted to do a lot of other things too. So for me, it was a bit of a struggle. You know, if I do medicine, will I have time to do all these other things that I'm interested in? Will I have time for a life outside of medicine? So yeah. I actually ended up doing dentistry first, right out of high school oh. in Nigeria. Yes. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I entered university at 15 and at 21, six years later, I was a dentist. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so funny. And, yeah. and so tell me about what kind of uh, medical specialty do you have? So, yeah. So, okay. So, so I did dentistry first and then I... Um, ended up going to Johns Hopkins for a master of public health. Oh my goodness. I got okay. my public health degree in between, yeah, in between medical and, sorry, in between dental and medical school, I got a public health degree. I did a dental public health residency in New York. Uh, yes. And after uh, staying on at Montefiore, staying on with them and doing um, research for a while, I ended up going to medical school at Penn State. Hershey, yeah, uh -huh. and then I, I ended up uh, doing uh, becoming a family doctor, uh, and uh, eventually got into addiction medicine. <laughs> so it's wow. a it's a and that's what I do now. Yes. Yeah, so I was uh, before I came to my current position, <clears throat> I was part of the founding faculty of what is now Geisinger Commonwealth School of Medicine. Uh, it was then an independent medical school known as the Commonwealth Medical College, and uh, and so that's where I went out right out, right after residency. I, I already knew that I had an interest in addiction. So I started, uh, when I got, uh, clinically active because the school didn't have its own, it was a brand new school. It didn't have its own faculty practice, which was the original plan, but that didn't pan out. So I had to get creative about staying clinically active. And I got involved in working in a methadone clinic and then other addiction medicine facilities. And eventually I became the program director of the Geisinger uh, Marworth Addiction Medicine Fellowship before I moved to my current position, which is <laughs> at Karen Treatment Centers in outside of Reading, Pennsylvania, where I'm the executive director of research. 
so yeah, so that's kind of like a- Very impressive. Thank you. Yeah. So tell me, how did you come to get involved in addiction medicine? What, what was it that appealed to you? <laughs> It's it's a it's a long uh, story. I, it's it's one I find hard to answer because I really struggled with how did I get this interest? You know, other people will frequently tell you that oh they had a family member or a personal experience with addiction. I didn't have any of that, mm-hmm. you know. And I've often thought, you know, how did I get interested? You know, other than the fact that I was always interested in behavioral medicine, you know, and um, mm-hmm. um, it was hard for me to pinpoint where the actual interest came from was Other it than- suboxone i mean did you was did you get involved around the time that suboxone came on because i also did some addiction work oh, you around did? that time mm-hmm. did, yeah. so, so well i first of all started out working out working in a methadone clinic and then later on got involved in suboxone clinics but but to back up a little bit so i i said i did family medicine which i did but it wasn't exactly a direct path Mm. I had actually done a little bit of psychiatry. I was going to become a psychiatrist at one point. Yeah. So my first year, my first year uh, was mostly um, medical rotations, but, um, but I did a little bit of psychiatry uh, before I ended up leaving a combined family and psych program to just finish the family medical part. So the few months of psychiatry I had were mostly in addiction psychiatry Oh, I see. So at that point, I realized that, um, so when I was switching to just finish family medicine, I realized that I could do, that I was interested in addiction medicine and I could do it as a family doctor. I could do it out of any specialty. But the interesting thing is that I'm not sure that that's where the original interest came from. More recently, I've thought about, about how my path is so unique and how it's like one thing literally led to the other. So, mm-hmm. um, so as a dentist, I was getting an MPH at Hopkins, right? Let's back up a little bit. And uh, for my, we had to do this big paper and presented presented at the end of the year. And uh, my project was on oral cancer prevention among dentists. So um, so obviously involved, you know, alcohol and tobacco and and that sort of thing. And then when I went on to New York to do my uh, dental public health residency, I had to do a project as well. And I ended up, um, it was almost like a follow-up of what I had done during my MPH. So I did, a, I actually surveyed dentists all over the state of New York, looking specifically at their tobacco cessation activities. And, and I remember, I remember, you know, uh, frequently thinking, why is it so hard to stop smoking? Why do people find it so hard to stop smoking? It's because it's an addiction. It's because it's an addiction. So maybe that's where the seed was sown. Yeah. And it's all- you know, it's only very recently that that occurred to me that I actually made that connection. Yeah, so it's like really one thing really led to the other to the other. And when I was going to medical school, I, I really did not know I was going to end up doing addiction medicine at all. But but that's where I ended up and that's where I am now. That's so, awesome. It's, it's such an important field too, you know, especially now with the opiate um, addiction. Yeah. Such a problem in so many cities and so many people dying. Yes, important work and hard to find people, good people in that field, you know, that stick Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, I think it really has to be a calling because it's not because there are a lot of people that, you know, that just don't want to deal with those people and those patients. So so you you really have to 
want to take care of these patients. You really have to want to work in this field. So yeah, like I said, I think it really is a calling. Yeah. yeah that's awesome that you're yeah. doing that. Tell me about your creative life. <laughs> okay. So back to the beginning, I told you about piano. So I was told that becoming a musician or becoming a pianist wasn't a real job, right? <clears throat> when I was a little bit older, I told my parents I liked writing. Oh, you can do that in your spare time. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you know, anything outside of becoming a doctor, <laughs> yes. becoming a doctor or a lawyer or that sort of thing is a hobby. So, right. um, so I, I really feel like my creative... Um, I really didn't have, I, I didn't, I didn't um, express myself creatively a whole lot um, for several years because I was so focused on school, school and studying and taking exams. And, uh, and there just, you know, wasn't really much opportunity to express myself and, you know, practice piano when I, by myself when I was home on holidays, you know, I never lost the interest. So that's piano. I had the basics of piano. I didn't play very well, but I just had the basics. I never lost the interest. Mm -hmm. Writing, writing was something I always knew I was interested in, but um, I really didn't, um, I didn't do a whole lot of writing till relatively recently. Um, mm -hmm. And then during my, my MPH and when I moved to New York to start working, I, um, I had a break and I was staying in a friend's house and um which I was staying with friends in the house. There was a guitar just lying around that nobody played. Mm. Yeah. So at some point I picked it up and just started teaching myself chords. And I saw how easy it was to just play simple chords on the guitar. Easy and I for thought, you. Easy for you, maybe. Not no, for no, no, no. It, it is easy. Believe me. Believe really? me. I, I, can't, I can't play classical guitar, but if you just want to do chords, it's pretty easy. You know? And I, saw, and I was like, wow. I could just do chords. I don't have to struggle to read music. I can do this on the piano too. Why not? You know, I don't have to like read sheet music all the time. So, so I started playing the guitar. And then when I went to medical school, you know, um, I was playing the guitar and the piano. Occasionally we would have, um, we'd organize musical events and uh -huh. uh, yeah, but it wasn't like it was something I was doing on a regular basis. You know, I was, yeah. So um, sometimes I would sing in a group, you know, again, nothing on a regular basis, but, and I yeah. finally started my faculty position. Now that I was a doctor, supposedly I should have been happy with where I was professionally, right? And I was, I mean, I was, I started feeling a need to do more and to do things that were different, you know, and at, at a point it was almost like, is there something wrong with me? You know, why do I keep wanting to do all these other things? So there I was at a new medical school in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And uh, because it was a new medical school, there were opportunities to do, you know, to do a lot of things that I might not have uh, been able to do elsewhere. So, you know, I got involved in um, the student, um, the student interest group in music and the arts, you know, they would have talent shows and sometimes I'd be involved. We also had a, a literary journal called Black Diamonds. I was the editor of that, you know, and, and we had students and faculty and staff members uh, submitting artwork or poetry, um, you know, narrative pieces, you know, and uh, it was it was a good opportunity to not only express myself creatively, but also to, to give other people the opportunity to do that. And I had gone to Penn State for medical school where they have a strong medical humanities program and they had a literary journal called Wild Onions there. So, and that was totally student run. And I, as a fourth year medical student, I was the editor of that. So 
I started playing the ukulele and then uh, joined a local ukulele group where we would uh, we would practice every week and then sometimes we'd go out and play like in nursing homes or play at events and uh, did that for a, a few years before I left Scranton. Um, oh, I haven't talked about my photography <laughs> at some point. So how did I get into photography? It's funny because I didn't actually even own a camera of my own till I was, uh, but but I had always liked, I had, you know, liked photography. I grew up in a family where we were always taking uh, family pictures and things like yeah. that. But at some point I, taking pictures of um, scenery, you know, nature, uh, nature photography and um, maybe 2013-ish, I, um, I, started to take my photography a little bit more seriously and I uh, started doing uh, shows that I, I knew at local events I would show my photography you know I would sometimes make my um, pictures into gift items so so there was a photography and then there was my writing which I didn't have a whole lot of time for at some point I thought you know what wouldn't it be nice to combine my photography and my writing so I I actually published, I self-published my, my first photo book in 2016. And I thought, well, why don't I start with something local? And it turned out that, um, so this was 2015. And mm -hmm. Branson, the city where I lived, was, uh, was turning 150 mm -hmm. in the following year, 2016, anniversary of Scranton. <laughs> so that's what I ended up. So my the it photography was, book was about yes. It was about Scranton. So I had pictures of places, you know, strategic places, important places in, in and around Scranton with little bits of historical information. And um, it was called Scranton, a place to call home. Nice. Uh, the, yeah. And then, um, so that was my first photo. What was yeah. the second photo book? It was okay because I, I love nature photography and I had been taking a lot of pictures of butterflies and flowers and I, I just had some gorgeous pictures and I was like, you know, I didn't even care about selling it. I just wanted to put my pictures together into a book. So I, um, so my next photo book was um, The Amazing World of Butterflies and that's actually a, um, available on Amazon. And it's just, it's just pictures of, you know, butterflies and flowers in different places that I had taken, but also... Yeah, and I have other projects that are, you know, um, that are in the works. Um, okay. Yeah, I work, I've been working on a devotional, a devotional book, um, uh, like Proverbs for Daily Living, and that's, um, that's mm. not ready yet, but I've been working on it for a while. And then my other project, which is, um, which is also hopefully in the pipeline, I want to do a Women in Medicine publish a women in medicine book with portraits of uh, women, women from different parts of the world uh, who have accomplished a lot and, and have, um, have amazing stories to tell. And so that's another dream project of mine. <laughs> I, that's been one of my dream projects too. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Maybe, maybe we can collaborate. Yeah. That would be great. That would be great. Uh, yeah, yeah. I also love photography. So nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the interesting thing is that I'm so glad I discovered photography, but like, I wish I had discovered it earlier. As a child, my idea of an artist was somebody who could draw and I could not draw. I still can't. I couldn't draw to save my life. <laughs> you know? I teach drawing workshops, so you'll have to come to one. Oh of my goodness. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you can teach me. I really just did not know. 
I do not know how to draw. It's just not, you know, but that yeah. was my idea of an artist, somebody who could draw, you know, and uh -huh. to think that I had all this inside of me and I just didn't know. So yeah. anyway, it's better, better late than never, I guess. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm sure that you can be drawing it with, you know, in time. <laughs> I can tell that you have a good sense of observation. And if you looked at butterflies and flowers that closely, you can also draw them. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure. So I'd love for you to try it out. <laughs> Thank you. So you have two books that you're thinking about. Anything else? Well, so uh, in terms of music, I've recorded, I mean, I don't, I haven't done anything like really commercially, but I have recorded like um, um, myself playing, playing instrumental music. I, I, um, I did a CD for my, um, for my dad's memorial service that we used to try and raise money for a music school um, in Nigeria. And I um, also recorded some Christmas music last uh, last year. And I just, uh, again, I didn't do it commercially, you know, but I, yeah. I sent out the CDs as Christmas, as Christmas presents. <laughs> so, uh -huh. Yeah. Nice. And family, friends it. and family. Thank you. Well, well, you're, you're my kind of people. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Because, you know, sometimes when you're in medical school and you're creative, you feel like a little bit of an oddball, right? Because oh, yeah. oh, yes. people don't quite understand Oh, you should only just do medicine. You don't, you may not know that I was a fashion designer before I became a doctor and interested in painting and drawing and printmaking. Mm -hmm. I tried to teach myself the violin. Wow. <laughs> and I, the only reason I stopped was because I had to take the boards, but I <laughs> fell in love with the violin. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I just, um, the very first time I put it up to my ear, I got the feeling of being in love. Really? It was so magical that I said, I have to play this instrument, right? Wow. And so I will go back to it. Yes, you, sh you should, you should. But it's interesting you say that because the violin just does not do that for me. <laughs> it's my daughter too. My daughter is like, she hates the sound of it. And she's a singer and a very okay. musical and we both play the piano, but okay. um, the violin just, you know, is not something that she loves at all. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't do, it's, and it's one instrument that I've never had an interest in playing. Speaking yeah. of singing, I, I do sing, it, I do, do sing. Yeah, not that long ago. I just started having a desire to like to sing on stage in front of people, you know, and I wasn't even sure. I never really thought my voice was that great, but sometimes I would hear other people sing and I was like, and I would feel like, you know, I don't, I think I could sing just as well as that person sings. I, you know, so, um, I mean, yeah. so I've had the opportunity to like sing the national anthem at a couple of conferences. And, and, and lately I've been uh, doing a little bit more, um, outside of conferences. I'm involved in medical education as, uh, yes, so, and we have um, a medical humanities initiative here um, to, uh -huh. to incorporate uh, medical humanities into the curriculum for residents, because um, a lot of medical schools are, are doing this, and uh, some of them are doing a really good job, but um, I don't think there are too many people who have been able to do it successfully at the, at the graduate medical education level. Mm -hmm. So we have a new initiative here within the Reading Hospital Tower Health System to 
um, to incorporate the humanities into uh, our residents' education. And so we had our first event just this past week. Um, yes, mm -hmm. and uh, so we had a keynote, the curriculum was introduced, we had a keynote speaker, but as part of the event, I got to sing at the very beginning before the speaker did, mm -hmm. I sang and I accompanied myself on the ukulele. So that was nice. That's awesome. That was, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just nice to be able to do, it's like, I finally realized that, you know, I, I can actually be a physician scientist and a physician artist at the same time. And I don't yeah. have to keep thinking that I need to compartmentalize. Yes. You know, yeah. myself or aspects of my life, you know, <laughs> I, right. I love to I, there's, I'd love to say that um, the corpus callosum exists for a reason. I, yeah. I don't believe in the left, left brain, like right brain dichotomy. I think it's so artificial, you know. I do too. Yeah, we're meant to function holistically and express ourselves creatively, even if we are scientists, if, you know. hundred percent, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it shouldn't yeah. be one or the other, yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because so many of us compartmentalized. For me, you know, I spent many years where I, I didn't do very much in the way of art until yeah. 12 years ago, you know, when I yeah. started painting and printmaking and drawing, which is so important to me, and mm -hmm. sharing it with my colleagues. You know, more than anything, I want my colleagues to awaken their creativity. And that's, exactly. that's, you know, why I love doing this podcast. I love meeting all these creative mm -hmm. doctors out there. Mm -hmm. um, many of them are so talented. Exactly. So talented. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I do think it makes us better doctors. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's being able to connect with your patients, you know, whether it's uh, because they also play music or, you yeah. know, or they also do artwork, you know, and uh, yeah, or, and just being more connected with, um, you know, with, with humanity, there's, there's something about, you know, expressing yourself artistically that just, you know, it, 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 uh, it fosters a, a level of connection that you, I don't think we would have if we were just like solely focused on the science. Yeah. Yeah. And then speaking I, back to writing again, because again, because being an academic and all of that, we had to do all this scientific writing. Mm -hmm. And I got, again, a few years ago, I got to the point where I was just like, I'm not even sure I ever really enjoyed that kind of writing that much, but, but I, I did it because I had to, you know, yeah. 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 And I was, I was happy when I would see a final product and see something, something in print, something published, you know, but a few years ago, I just, I just realized that I was not really, I wasn't motivated to do that kind of writing anymore. And I remember just telling myself, look, I just want to write. I just want to write about life. I just want to share my thoughts. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to write. I don't want to have to worry about peer review and being rejected and re uh, submitting and resubmitting and, you know, and sometimes still being rejected after the resubmission. And, you know, I just want to express myself and just write. Yeah. And that's what I've been, and that's in the last year or so, that's what I've been doing. Tell me what's your definition of creativity? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough one. I ask everybody that question. Oh boy, you should have warned me ahead of time. I like to prepare. <laughs> no, I don't want you to prepare. So I think creativity is being able to, 
and this is not a formal definition. I'm just going to talk. No, whatever comes to your mind is fine. Okay, being able to think outside of the box, mm -hmm. being able to apply, apply. Oh, I shouldn't use the word creative, right? <laughs> being, being, being able to yeah. apply creative, creative solutions to things. Um, so creativity is also just. Um, it, it can express itself in terms of being artistic, being musical, um, in the form of writing. But I, I, I think that um, creativity is something that, that we need, that we need to encourage because at the end of the day, it's not, it's not people who can memorize correct answers that solve problems, it's people who can think creatively. And so, um, these creative outlets like like art, like music, like writing, they encourage thinking, thinking outside of the box. They encourage doing things in non-traditional ways. And it's that ability, it may not be the art in itself that solves a problem at work, but it's the ability to make those connections and to think in in a different way. That's what <clears throat> what can manifest itself as, you know, as um as um, innovative solutions to problems in the workplace, for example. Mm -hmm. So there's an element of doing it for your own, for your own personal well-being and balance and self-care, but there's also an element of just being able to apply that creative, um, innovative way of thinking to solve real-world problems. And I think that that's something that we're, we're missing in our educational system, all the way from from early from from early education through medical school, yes. So oh, that's yeah. a, that's something I'd like to change. I really, really believe in creativity, in encouraging creativity from very early on. I um I remember um, listening to a TED talk by uh, Ken Robinson, the late yeah. Ken. Ro My yeah. favorite uh, TED talk mm -hmm. is Ken Robinson. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think, and I remember it was just not that long ago, but I remember hearing him talk about how schools kill creativity and what he said so resonated with me. But the one story that really stood out was how this little girl was drawing a picture and, and her teacher asked what she was drawing. And she said she was drawing a picture of God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and <Yeah. laughs> the teacher said, nobody knows what God looks like. And she's like, in a minute, they will. In a minute, they will. And I was, yeah. like, and I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, what's confidence and what self-assurance, you know, and in a couple of years, you think she's going to be drawing a picture of God and saying everybody will soon know what God looks like? No, because she would have been told to conform. Nobody knows what God looks like, so you don't. So, you know, just, you, you know what I mean? And it's oh, like... Yeah. It really resonated. It really resonated with me, you know, and I, because I, I felt in some ways I felt like I could identify with that. Well, do you do you um, have your ukulele nearby? Oh, I have my ukulele nearby. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know you were going to do this. Well, nobody knows what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't plan any of these sessions. Okay. Okay, so the song I'm going to sing is um, How Can I Keep From Singing? There are different versions of it, so um, I'm not sure who to attribute this to. It was originally a hymn that's been modified. All right, so I'm going to sing How Can I Keep From Singing? 
comes on in endless song of first lamentations. I hear the sweet though far off hymn that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear its music ringing. It finds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing? What though the tempest loudly roars, I hear the truth, it shields me. What though the darkness round me close, songs in the night will heal me. No storm can shake my inmost calm, while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love rules over heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? <laughs> when tyrants tremble in their fear and hear their death now ringing, when friends rejoice both far and near, how can I keep from singing? In prison cell and dungeon vile, our thoughts to them are winging when friends by shame are undefiled how can i keep from sinking <coughs> i lift my eyes the cloud grows thin i see the blue above it and day by day this pathway smooths since first I learned to love it. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to that rock I'm clinging. Since love rules over heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? How can I keep from singing? Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for doing that. That's so You're sweet. <laughs> uh, so, how long have you been playing the ukulele? The ukulele, just since 2014. Um, okay. Yeah. Is so it easy to to learn? I mean, I didn't. I didn't think guitar was that easy. I tried. So, if you're trying to play classical guitar, I can see why you might. Uh, find no, it I was just try to just try to find the notes. <laughs> but, no, just... but, well, yeah. So if you're playing individual notes, like like individual like melodies, single notes, I can see why that might be challenging. All I do on the guitar and the ukulele is just chords, and it's I think it's just it's much easier. You only need to know a few chords, and you can accompany so many different songs. And it was like wow, it was an eye opener when I realized I could do that because. I now realize I could transfer that to the piano, you know, and I didn't always have to struggle oh. because I don't sight read. And I, you know, I, I, I always either. find reading sheet music a challenge. Yeah. And then, and then the ukulele in some ways, I think is even easier. Um, yeah. And then plus it's just more portable and it's, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's nice for group singing and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. I'm, mm -hmm. I might have to get a ukulele too. <laughs> 
you should. I'm going to have a violin and I love the violin because it's also very portable, but it is, there's a huge learning curve, right? On that one. It's not an easy instrument. (laughs) But I was told I was a natural. I'm not sure if that's true, but I tell you it was, it it was music to my ears. It was, I would love to be a musician. I love music. Mm -hmm. So and I used to sing, but now not so much, but yeah. 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 Oh, I think it's amazing. It's amazing all the things that you're doing and um, your artwork, you know, and you still get to practice psychiatry and still do all these other things. I think it's, yeah. Um, yeah, and I also write, so. Writing is a very important outlet, I think. Um, I just, I, I, I wish I had more time to write. At least in the past year or so, I've been um, pretty deliberate about my, but, but at least I'm getting out, of, you know, a few essays here and there and trying to do the monthly, um, the monthly short essays for Pulse, like we talked about earlier. So, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and I think that maybe, maybe at some point I'll, you know, put some of the essays into a book, you know, and that way um, have yeah. them, you know, in one place, yes. Yeah, no, you should, you should do that. That sounds great. I should do that too. I yeah. should just, you know, I think that for a long time, I've been worried about traditional publishing and really wanting to have a traditional publisher, but I, I see what's more important is just to get your work out there. Exactly, exactly. And, exactly. and I've just been procrastinating for too long so I there's a book that's coming out I'm the contribute contributing author on there are 36 of us it's immigrant stories mm-hmm. uh, and it's called alien nation and it's coming out October 12th so wow. that's really exciting um yeah. Congratulations. Harper, Harper Via is a publisher mm-hmm. so yeah that's really exciting yeah and, writing teacher said oh I do something like the moth Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's for immigrants and I said well I'm an immigrant (laughs) I want to do it so she said sure and uh, that's how it all started I just kind of volunteered myself oh wow (laughs) it was for me it was one of the the hardest things I ever did because why because I was in front of a paid audience with hundreds of people and I'd never done anything like that before. I'm a very quiet, introverted kind of person. So um, I remember before I went up there on stage on my way there, I was just shaking and (laughs) I was having a panic attack. I I was terrified, terrified. But you did Um, it. But I did it. And that was the beginning of me using my voice because for many years I didn't use my voice, you know. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Finding your voice, finding what comes naturally to you is so important, you know. And I I never really thought of myself as somebody who would be like singing, like doing serious singing, you know. I think it's gotten easier as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was very hard. because I think I used to worry more about what people thought. Exactly, me too. I think maybe we're all like that. Yeah, it was yeah. Like overly and now focused. I don't worry so much. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. I still do, obviously, because that was a frightening experience for me. And that was only three years ago, but it did get, it was like, you know, getting over a hurdle. It, yeah. it really made yeah. a shift, a major shift in my life. And it was great. So. Yeah. And here, and here you are hosting podcasts and all of that. I know, right. And I, now I can't shut up. So. <laughs> Now I can't shut up. No, I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, um, so where can people find you if uh, they want to get in touch with you? Okay, so I have a website uh, that oh, I have to update it, but I have um, a website, the Doctor Writer, the Doctor Okay. There's an Amazon link to my book, my butterfly book. If people want to contact me, they can contact me through the website. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I thank you so much for being such a good sport and singing and playing the ukulele. And my it was pleasure. fun getting to know you. And I love, you know, the fact that you're doing a hundred things because <laughs> it makes me feel a little bit normal. <laughs> You know what I tell people, what I've started saying now, stop trying to be normal. Just, I don't want to be normal. No. Exactly. Oh exactly. Just, just be the superstar you were created to be. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. I'm so glad we connected. This has been awesome. It's so, it's so wonderful to meet like-minded people, like-minded physicians, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. um, no, we're not normal. We're not normal. We're not <laughs> I know we're the outsiders. We're the outsiders, but but really, um, it's just yeah, it's just great to to meet others who feel the same way. So, and you're a part of my Facebook group now, right? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So, I hope to see some more playing and singing. Oh, I hope so too. <laughs>